Welcome to the only daily podcast focusing on compliance news of the day. Each morning, start your day with a cup of coffee and Tom Fox, the voice of compliance, to hear about four of the top compliance, corruption, or leadership stories you will need to start your day. The Daily Compliance News is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. July 24, 2020, from Russia with Love edition. And we begin with that story from Business Insiders. Why would Wirecard hide a fugitive fintech executive from EU investigators? Turns out former Wirecard COO Jan Marsalek did not go to the Philippines, but is now holed up in Russia. Why would he hold up in Russia? Uh, EU investigators believe it is because uh, Wirecard was one fraudulent scheme to launder Russian money. That would certainly put an interesting twist on the uh, story. Uh, Marsalek appears to have had substantial ties to Russian intelligence. He publicly bragged of many trips to Syria and the company of Russian military contractors and about 60 trips to Russia over a 10-year period on six Austrian and three other, quote, unidentified diplomatic passports, end quote. He's also linked to various right-wing Austrian politicians who are very pro-Russian. So it's uh, looking clearer and clearer that Wirecard was involved with laundering Russian money. The question then becomes, why did the German government allow that? So once again, we will continue to watch this story. Next up from the New York Times, a hedge fund bailout in March highlighted how close the U.S. economy came to complete bankruptcy. To head on a devastating downward spiral, the Fed uh, rescued for the second time, came to Wall Street's rescue as investors sold a variety of holdings and rushed to the comparative safety of cash. The Fed pledged to become a buyer of last resort. That backstop bailed out many people in investment firms, including a ca- class of hedge, fund- hedge funds caught on the wrong side of a trade with ample risk. The story of that trade and how it went wrong offers a cautionary tale <coughs> around uh issues not addressed in Dodd-Frank and the Trump's administration's corruption of what little enforcement there was. So uh, once again, um, fallout from the Trump administration in regulatory debasement leads to near catastrophe. Next up, the whistleblower in the Novartis U.S. case, Oswald Balati, Balata, was awarded $109 million for his portion of the False Claims Act settlement with Novartis U.S. That is one of the largest uh, False Claims Act payouts of all time. As reported in Bloomberg Law, Oswald uh, Bilata filed a suit in 2011 under the FCA, which allows whistleblowers to file suit on behalf of the U.S. government. If the government takes over the case and there's a settlement, the whistleblower can collect a portion of the award. And Mr. Bellotta uh, certainly did collect his portion. Uh, he <laughs> suffered greatly for his whistleblower. He wore a wire. His name was revealed in pleadings, and there were death threats against him. It's unclear how that would have related to Novartis, but he ended up, of course, having to leave the com- company because of the way he was treated and the pressure and stress he was under. But at the end of the day, he did get a payout. Finally, a number of startup companies 
who met with Amazon about funding have complained that Amazon stole their ideas and started competitors against them. Imagine that. Uh, given uh, the <coughs> information that's come out about the business practice of Amazon lately, it's uh, certainly consistent with what we've seen in terms of them uh, playing fast and loose with the rules. So all I can say is if Amazon says they want to consider investing in you, don't walk away, run away. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Daily Compliance News, which is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network and a proud member of C-Suite Radio. 